right now this thing is up in the sky and I have no idea what it is. This Chinese spy balloon was shot down by an American F-22 fighter firing a Sidewinder missile. Holy We seek competition, not conflict with China. We're not looking for a new Cold War. So I make no apologies for taking down that balloon. Everybody knows superpowers spy on each other. So why the Ferrari over this alleged Chinese surveillance balloon and three other suspect objects? And we'll begin this hour with the growing questions surrounding the White House's decision to shoot down three more unidentified flying objects over the weekend. And the other burning question. I mean, I guess what we're trying to discern is you said earlier, you know, we're looking for these more, so we're finding more. And I said that could be one reason why we're finding more. One reason, but why are we all of a sudden shooting them down? And how did genuine questions of official UFO sightings get dropped into the mix? Because there are, over the last couple of years, we've been seeing videos and evidence officially from the US authorities in relation to what are known as unidentified aerial phenomena. There's a whole fleet of them. Look on the ASA. My gosh. There is no, again, no indication of aliens or extraterrestrial activity. While in China, the response is effectively, why is the pot calling the kettle black? Everybody's spying on everybody. And who are you, uh, America, to suddenly, you know, given that you were spying on Angela Merkel's mobile phone, getting all high and mighty and getting on your high horse about this. There's espionage, diplomacy and perhaps hysteria. Because quite frankly, I'll just tell you, I, I don't want a damn balloon going across the United States. I'm Aideen Finnegan and this is In the News from the Irish Times. Today, how high-altitude balloons have taken spying to new heights. Martin Wall is Washington correspondent for the Irish Times. And Martin, we have turned to you to get the lowdown on what has been over a week, maybe two weeks now at this stage of speculating over what these unidentified objects are that have been shot down over North America. But there has been... More light shed on this in the last 48 hours, I suppose. Can you bring us through what we know so far? Okay, we are clearer, but we are not fully clear yet. It's This is still an evolving story on a number of issues. But what it does seem to be is that the first balloon, the large balloon with the big payload that US intelligence maintained was the size between two and three single deck buses that was shot down off the coast of North Carolina at the beginning of February. It was a Chinese balloon that was set aloft from Hainan Island in the south of China and came on a trajectory across the Pacific, across the Alaska into Canada, across the United States, and then was shot down off the coast of South Carolina by the US military. We waited until it was safely over water which would not only protect civilians, but also enable us to recover substantial components for further analytics. And then we shot it down, sending a clear message. The violation of our sovereignty is unacceptable. Subsequent to that, there were three other objects and they, the latest information from the White House and the the US uh, military, the view is that they were now, the phrase is benign. These three objects were most likely balloons tied to private companies, recreation or research institutions studying weather or conducting other scientific research. 
However, the issue we have to bear in mind with those is, is that no government, no company and no research body has put up their hand this, uh, as of yet and said, these are ours. Now, all of those three objects were shot down over inhospitable uh, areas, uh, one off the north coast of Alaska on the ice, one in the Yukon and Canada, and another that ended up in Lake Huron in uh, between Canada and the United States. Attempts are still being made to retrieve debris from that, from those objects. So until they're analysed and publicised, we won't know for definite. The issue in relation to the Chinese balloon that started this whole furore at the end of January and into the beginning of February is that the U.S. authorities absolutely maintained that it was on a spying mission. We were able to determine that China has a high-altitude balloon program for intelligence collection that's connected to the People's Liberation Army. We know that these PRC surveillance balloons have crossed over dozens of countries on multiple continents around the world, including some of our closest allies and partners. That initially it was heading towards the island of Guam, which is an American territory in the Pacific, where there is considerable military bases, uh, particularly naval bases, but that the the object, the balloon, seemed to have been blown off course. It blew further north than had been intended and ended up over Alaska, where it was then blown south, and it ended up over the United States, Canada, and then the United States. The Washington Post sources are suggesting that, well, maybe if that was the case, that would basically give support. The Chinese view, in part, that it was a a balloon that was blown off its intended course. Obviously, the the Americans maintained that it was a spying balloon, and the sources who spoke to the Washington Post maintained that even if it was blown off course, that perhaps the Chinese opportunistically used the trajectory that it was actually being blown across the United States to actually surveil sensitive sites, particularly over Montana, the state of Montana, where there are significant numbers of intercontinental ballistic missile bases. If we bear in mind, the argument from the American side was that this was not a balloon that was basically relying on the winds to blow it along, that it was actually manoeuvrable and that it was able to slow down and turn and to hover or loiter over particular sensitive sites. That's what caused the the flap in the first place. So they are the what we know as of now in relation to the the four different balloons or aerial phenomena that we have uh, we've been in the news in the last in the last couple of days. Okay, so there's a lot going on there. But I'm, I'm curious about whether this stuff goes on all the time and we just don't know about it and, and we do about this because it was so public. So there have been, according to the Americans, similar uh, incidents in the past. They maintain that the Chinese have been involved in quite a large scale programme, billions and billions of dollars programme of using balloons for the purposes of spying. Now, all countries, you know, the big countries, they spy on each other all the time. The Americans have uh, surveillance satellites. The Chinese have surveillance satellites that fly over each other's territory several times a day. The issue with the intelligence experts maintain that in relation to balloons is that you're at a lower level. They can capture images that are clearer in higher definition than is the case in relation to uh, satellites. And they can also, in the phrase of the intelligence community, they can sniff electronic signals that are being used by the equipment on the basis that they're actually looking at on the ground, the military base on the ground, and they can be used in the future or planning for the future of any, if it was any form of military confrontation. So they are a benefit. Where this became a big issue was a 
Chinese balloon that was several hundred feet in diameter that could be seen essentially from the ground, that people, the public can see it from the ground, hovering in clear blue skies, a big white object hovering in clear blue skies. Well, hello, everybody. Uh, I am sitting in my driveway here in Billings, Montana. And right now, this thing is up in the sky. And I have no idea what it is. It's been there stationary for about the last 35 minutes. And that became an issue then of, you know, what goes on above the atmosphere where people can't see and only military authorities and presumably the politicians know what is actually going on. When suddenly you can see an object floating above your head, it becomes much more a political issue. And it became important for or became imperative, essentially, for the Biden administration to act in relation to it and to take action. And they had to respond to it. They couldn't just pretend nothing to see here. No, well, well, literally it wasn't. <laughs> it literally wasn't nothing to see here because it was actually visible. What was happening with the Chinese balloon was, was that there were media outlets were doing their own tracking system. So you had, you could turn on the various cable channels and watch the, the track on computer generated tracking projections and then footage taken by people with cam with with uh, telescopes and uh, binoculars etc and you know good good quality cameras so it became a running story for 3 and 4 days as this object made its way across the country and given the other issue because the US secretary of state was coincidentally or otherwise due to travel to Beijing a couple of days after this object was uh, identified it became a huge political furore and in the end even though it would appear the Chinese and American governments wanted to reset the relationship. They wanted to try to get it back on an even keel. Once this balloon was spotted, it was actually a, a political impossibility. We're going to deal with it. Because quite frankly, I'll just tell you, I, I don't want a damn balloon going across the United States uh, when we potentially could have taken it down over the Aleutian Islands. As an Alaskan, I am so angry. I want to use other words, but I'm not going to. The fact of the matter is... Alaska is the first line of defense for America. On foot of that, it would appear that the US military, who have quite sophisticated radars and sensors over the country to try deal and prevent and to spot in advance intrusions into their airspace, change the settings on the radars. They change the filters on the radar to allow them to view or to track smaller objects. Okay. The, the impression is, is that the, but the radar settings had been set at a particular level to avoid setting off alarms. If, for example, there was a flock of birds, if, for example, there was somebody on a hang glider or a parachute. So the settings were set at a way that they identified larger objects rather than very small objects. When those settings were adjusted, these smaller balloons or smaller objects that we saw over the weekend began to pop up. It was at that point that uh, fighter jets were sent up to try to destroy these um, these balloons. The official reason in relation to that was the three objects that we that we have been talking about over the weekend and in recent days were at much lower altitude than the Chinese balloon. The Chinese balloon is at sixty thousand feet plus. That is way above the cruising height of any commercial airliner. Most commercial airliners fly at between thirty five and forty odd thousand feet. So this was way above that. But the, the smaller objects, the, the, which were the size of, in some cases, the size of a car, a small car, were at a much lower altitude, between 20 and 40,000 feet. And that is right in the middle of the air traffic routes. So there was a potential danger 
for that because obviously if a balloon became entrapped in the engine of a, a commercial airliner, it could cause serious damage and serious problems. So it would appear that when they cha- when the the military authorities changed the settings to make their radars and sensors more sensitive to smaller objects, that these objects began to pop up. And then the third issue that would become involved in, and this perhaps is where the, the law of unintended consequences comes into play, where we see people trying not to speculate on what is known and what they don't know until the materials were actually found. We had a senior US general was asked, would you rule out that this was aliens from outer space? And he said, I'm not ruling anything out. And I think the object of that phrase or the aim of that phrase was just to shut down and say nothing. Of course, what happened was once you say I'm not ruling out aliens, everybody said, of course, well, therefore it must be. Or they're, they're, we're giving serious credibility to this issue. So then we had a situation on Monday at the formal White House briefing on Monday. Joe Biden's official uh, spokeswoman said at the start of a briefing, we have to shut down this conversation. There are no indication of aliens or extraterrestrial activity with these recent takedowns. Wanted to make sure that the American people knew that, all of you knew that, uh, and it was important for us to say that from here because we've been hearing a lot about it. I'm just, you know, I loved E.T., the movie, but I'm I'm just going to leave it there. Thanks for clearing that up. (laughs) So from the White House podium, the issue of aliens and outer space and E.T., had reached such a level of conversation, they had to shut it down from the White House podium. However, separate to that then, the White House also maintained, and this is where these issues are now all becoming conflated, because there are, over the last couple of years, we've been seeing videos and evidence officially from the US authorities in relation to what are known as unidentified aerial phenomena. There's a whole fleet of them, look on the ASA. My gosh. We're all going against the wind. The wind's 120 knots to the west. There are things flying around in the skies that people cannot actually say definitively what they are. And we have seen the US Department of Defense released um, last year videos taken by fighter pilots in the Pacific from an aircraft carrier of objects that were flying at tremendous speed and doing maneuvers that would make it um, impossible in most cases, for a, for a aircraft that had humans in it because of the G-forces that would be generated by it, by such manoeuvres. And they looked, to all intents and purposes, like uh, cylindrical objects that looked like, to all intents and purposes, like uh, large-scale Tic Tacs, that sweets that uh, you would see in the shops. They had no wings. They had no engines. These were filmed by the US Navy and were released by the Department of Defense last year and are available fully online. You can watch them. Um, so on Monday, a man called John Kirby, who's a U.S. Navy Admiral, and he works, he's the strategic communications uh, for the White House, said... The president also instructed the intelligence community to take a broad look at the phenomenon of unidentified aerial objects. Indeed, President Biden conducted the first ever daily intelligence briefing session devoted to this phenomenon back in June of 2021. He was briefed that this is not just an issue for the United States, but one for the rest of the world. So that was a few months, three or four months after he came into office. And he said that an office had been set up in the Pentagon, Pentagon to study, study this issue. In partnership with the intelligence community, academic institutions and the private sector. These unidentified aerial phenomena have been reported for many years without explanation or deep examination by the government. President President Biden Biden had changed changed all that. that. So now we have three issues. 
We have the Chinese balloon, which we know came from China. Its purposes may be disputed, but it's we know where it came from. We have these other three smaller objects that were shot down over the um, over the weekend in recent days, which may be benign, maybe research, maybe commercial, but we don't know their provenance. We don't know where they came from. And then we have these mysterious, unidentified aerial phenomena that the White House has now said are being studied by the Pentagon and by the US intelligence and by other world governments. So they're the three issues that are there at the moment. And to get back to the very point we started, we have have some level of clarity, but not absolute clarity as to what is going on altogether in the skies over our head. Martin, that is absolutely fascinating. I don't even know where to begin with it. But what's what's funny is that China and US, they're, they're frenemies. And it's just so obvious that the two will spy on each other. And do we know what kind of intelligence gathering goes on by the US? There is no doubt that the US have in satellites that, for the purposes of gathering intelligence, that pass over China several times a day. There is absolutely no doubt that the Chinese have satellites that pass over the US equally doing the same business several times a day. So in addition, the US have spy planes, for want of a better word, that operate in the Pacific that skirt Chinese territorial waters. This is not a secret. We have seen videos of Chinese and US aircraft coming into very, very close proximity to each other in the air. There was an issue several years ago where a US aircraft was essentially forced down into southern China and was there for several days. Uh, so these issues, they happen all the time. So now we're in a situation where everyone's hyper alert to it. The military radar has been switched and I suppose the metaphorical lights have been switched on. And we're going to start seeing a lot of these objects, but we still don't know what those cylindrical tic tacs are. Yeah, well, the cylindrical tic tacs now they're slightly different. As I say, if you if you watch the video, the maneuverings and the the speed are beyond the capabilities of conventional aircraft but that's aircraft that are publicly known about what they are i've no idea and we may we may never know but that's one issue the issue of the three balloons that were shot down somebody sent them up there they were there for a purpose and at some point the debris from those three uh, balloons will be retrieved the issue of the chinese balloon the americans have taken that uh, material from the 45 feet down and the Atlantic off the south coast of South Carolina. What they will be seeking to do is, just, I imagine, is to what they call reverse engineer the, the the equipment in it to try see what the Chinese were actually able to, what were they looking at, what were they looking for, and to try glean some intelligence information of their own from that material that they've actually discovered. So I don't think we'll ever fully know what the details are, what the actual capabilities of the Chinese uh, balloon actually was. We may know more about the three other aircraft or objects if they're considered to be benign and if they're if they're private or owned or whatever else. We may more detail about that. The issue of the unidentified area phenomena, well, we'll just have to uh, watch that space. I will never look at an aerial balloon the same way again. Martin Walt, thank you very much for joining us. Coming up after this short break, China correspondent Dennis Staunton on the reaction in Beijing. Dennis Staunton, China correspondent for the Irish Times. What has been the reaction to this furore over the so-called spy balloon? 
Well, the Chinese reaction started off being very muted. And so the first thing was that when this uh, balloon was spotted over American airspace, the Chinese initially expressed regret. They said it had been blown off course and uh, they you know, they essentially tried to play it down. And then uh, after the Americans shot it down in, uh, and after the whole thing had sort of escalated as a story in the United States, then the Chinese uh, response became more robust and they uh, condemned as disproportionate the shooting down of the thing. But actually in the Chinese media, there was very little about it. So there were kind of jokes about it, but they certainly, you know, there was no sense of the propaganda machine getting aggressive in making a big deal about this. And things started to change then at the beginning of this week uh, on Monday. As for the US to claim that the balloon is part of a so-called fleet, I'm not aware of that. This may be part of the US side's information warfare against China. The international community sees clearly who is conducting the most spy, surveillance and monitoring activities. Uh, the foreign ministry said that the Americans had a bit of a cheek talking and complaining about this because the fact is that since the beginning of last year, the Americans have flown 10 objects uh, over Chinese territory without authorization, and that basically they're going around the world spying on everybody, including their friends, and that, uh, you know, so that, that basically they're just being hypocritical. I think we should be sceptical about what uh, both of these governments say because both of them have a record of not being very candid when it comes to any of these things. And also, when you're talking about the world of espionage, you are by definition talking about something that's very shadowy. So I think we should be sceptical and careful about uh, what we're saying about this. We, we know that superpowers spy on each other, So, but is there, insofar as we can tell, a specific spy balloon programme in China? Certainly China hasn't said that there is. Uh, the Americans say that they have discovered that there is such a thing, that uh, that a couple of balloons were uh, had passed over during the US during the Trump administration. You know, it's certainly plausible that the Chinese would have uh, some of these balloons. I mean, certainly China has said that uh, one of the balloons that was spotted over Latin America was one of its balloons and that this aircraft was gathering data and once again, that it was blown off course. So that China has acknowledged that it has got these uh, aircraft going around the place, but I suppose where it disputes things is, is about what their function is. You mentioned that the propaganda machine didn't majorly crank into gear. Has that changed? And is this a different reaction from China than we're used to seeing in cases like this where the US accuses it of spying? I think it's... Uh, in a way, it, it still hasn't really become such a huge story here. I mean, certainly the tone has changed in that you see in uh, some of the official publications in the newspapers, you will see more criticism of the American response to it. It's not so much that they're getting in uh, too deep into the weeds about what actually happened. It's a kind of, you know, uh, gambling and Casablanca kind of shock horror. I mean, what do, you, what do you expect? The fact is we know everybody's spying on everybody. And who are you... Uh, America to suddenly, you know, given that you were spying on Angela Merkel's mobile phone, you know, who exactly do you think you are to go around, uh, you know, getting all high and mighty and getting on your high horse about this? So what the Chinese are essentially saying is this is obviously uh, a way for the Americans to make some other diplomatic point. 
And the question then is, what exactly is the diplomatic purpose? So just in the same way that you've had all this American speculation about why might China have done this, whereas I think now the consensus even in the United States is that this thing was an accident, that the uh, that the balloon or whatever it was, uh, was actually blown off course. And so that it wasn't a deliberate provocation by the Chinese ahead of this planned visit by Antony Blinken. But the question then from the Chinese point of view is, why did the Americans react in the way they did? I mean, that's kind of a tacit <laughs> acknowledgement that, yes, we are keeping an eye on you. That does seem a bit of a departure. Well, no, I mean, they haven't actually uh, officially said that they are doing anything of this nature. No, but the very fact of... of I, I think the point is, though, that... I mean, I, I don't think that anybody who observes the you know international relations or the actions of uh, uh, you know of uh, of these countries is surprised that there's a certain amount of surveillance going on everybody knows it but the tone of what the chinese has been saying is that the americans have instrumentalized this particular thing what has it done for tensions in the region then dennis I, you know with japan perhaps or taiwan well i think uh, it's more really to do with the tension between the US and China, because if you go back to November, uh, Xi Jinping and Joe Biden, they met uh, at the margins of the G20 in Bali. They wanted to try to put some kind of a floor under how bad the relationship could get to make sure that this competition didn't accidentally get out of control and spiral into a confrontation. And as part of that process, Blinken was supposed to be coming to China, and he was supposed to be visiting at the beginning of February. And the idea was that somehow, uh, while you wouldn't necessarily solve any of the problems, that you would kind of uh, start some engagement. Because, for example, up to a few years ago, the two militaries would have been in contact with one another, uh, rather in the way that the US and the Russians were during the Cold War, really to just make sure that no, nobody was doing anything by mistake, so that if you know what, you know, you know, if we're trying to be aggressive, you know, we're trying to be aggressive, rather than accidentally doing something. And so that, and then that thing was, you know, that contact was suspended. So the idea was that maybe something like that would come back. And then at the same time, what's happening uh, is, it's clear that the Chinese, since they emerged from zero COVID, they they are very focused on re-engaging with the rest of the world. They want to get their economy going again. A lot of that means trade. And for trade, you need to be talking to people. What's your sense of this situation, Dennis? Is there perhaps just a bit of scepticism going on? I think there's quite a lot of xenophobia going on. I think that the discourse about China in Washington over the last few years has become really quite uh, extreme. And uh, it's uh, it, it's also just become uh, there's now a, a very hard line consensus in Washington uh, on China, and that then tends to be mirrored here in Beijing because uh, you know the Chinese are quite sensitive to how they're being perceived. So there has been a hardening of positions, and the fact that nobody was meeting each other for the last three years during the zero COVID period has made that worse. I think there's still. Uh, a, a reasonable chance that things, that re-engagement will happen. The problem is that just like the balloon, 
these good diplomatic paths can be blown off course so that uh, you know so the danger is that just something happens like this and then you're so, you know, there's a further setback and it's a very very delicate uh, diplomatic dance that we're involved in i would be inclined to say that this thing will blow over that it's not going to uh, you know necessarily determine the future of the relationship uh, for years to come Dennis, you'll be writing more about this in tomorrow's edition of the Irish Times. Yes, I'll be writing in Weekend Review uh, on Saturday. Dennis Staunton, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. That's it for today. For all of Martin and Dennis's articles and full access to Irish Times journalism, subscribe at irishtimes.com forward slash subscribe. This episode was produced by me, Aideen Finnegan. In the news, we'll be back on Monday. Have a great weekend.